This is an AMI podcast. Hi, I'm Mary Mammoliti, and you're listening to the Kitchen Confession Podcast. I'm a food blogger with a passion for cooking and empowering others is what drives me. Here are a few things you may not know about me. I'm legally blind. I have retinitis pigmentosa, a degenerative eye disease. I smile all the time. To me, cooking is about people, and food brings people together. So join me in the kitchen, and let's get cooking. Today, I'll be talking with Faye Knights. Hi, Faye. Hi. Welcome, and uh, thank you for taking the time to chat with me. Thanks for having me. So tell us a little bit about yourself, Faye. I'm a wellness blogger by heart, so I love posting blogs on food, nutrition, and health. And full-time, I'm a marketing and communications coordinator, and I'm also legally blind. I went blind about 10 years ago um, from a very rare eye disease called Leber's Hereditary Optic Neuropathy, LHON for short. Mm-hmm. And with Leber's, uh, is it, do you have central or uh, peripheral vision? I have central vision loss, which means I use my peripheral vision to, to see. Okay. And... This is a food podcast, so <laughs> we're going to talk a little bit about food. Yes, I love and, food. And uh, yourself and about the kitchen. So what uh, is it about cooking that you do that you enjoy? Yeah, I love I love just getting my hands into food and using all of my senses to really create a meal that smells and tastes fantastic. I also found food a form of therapy for me. Mm-hmm. So when I lost my vision about 10 years ago, I thought that I wouldn't be able to do things in the kitchen anymore. And um, growing up, I always loved uh, making meals with my family, especially my mom. I come from a Mediterranean Greek background, so there's food everywhere, pretty much. And losing my central vision, it kind of scared me. I thought, how Mm -hmm. am I going to cut things? How am I going to chop things? How am I going to boil things? How am I going to use a stove? And and all that sort of stuff. So I, I put fear aside. I I build the confidence to learn how to use these tools properly and safely um, with the support of rehab um, facilitators and and so forth. And pretty much got back in the kitchen um, with confidence to see what I could do. And uh, through trial and error, Mm -hmm. I learned how to use these things, learned how to use them well, Mm -hmm. although it did take me a little bit longer than expected, (laughs) but um, that's okay. Patience was there. And so I got I I basically started making those meals again, and uh, it, it became a form of therapy. Anytime I thought that I couldn't do something, I reminded myself on how I got there mm-hmm. and how I was able to get back in the kitchen and make some of my favorite meals and actually start cooking for other people too, um, which was fantastic because just seeing people's reactions and of loving the food that they were eating made me so unbelievably happy. Mm-hmm. So, I mean, it's a good thing that you meant they love the food. Did you ever have an experience where, so if you can describe a, an instance or a time when you cooked a meal and you had a great reaction from it. And then there was a time maybe that wasn't so great, that didn't go so well. Um, there's there's a number of meals that I can think of that um, 
always get a great reaction. But the one in particular is I make a fantastic rice pudding. Mm -hmm. It's dairy-free, so I use lots of coconut cream, (laughs) which makes it super savory. Lots of vanilla, lots of cinnamon. So not only is it tasty, but the aroma itself will just like, you could smell it from down the hall (laughs) Mm -hmm. pretty much. And every time I make it, I can feel my husband's eyes light up. (laughs) I don't need to see them. I could feel them. (laughs) I could feel that grin on his face. Um, So definitely that's one of the meals there. And uh, one that didn't turn out so well. Um, But you didn't quite get the reaction that you thought you were going to get. Or the reaction. For me, I mean, there was one meal. There were so many. I'm not even going to lie. There were so many as I'm going along. And I remember my husband, he took the first bite and he's like, Okay, this is all right. And I'm like, you're lying. <laughs> What's wrong with you? This is terrible. What would you do? Did you drop a piece of plastic in it? Well, what's it? <laughs> so, I mean, and I've had that happen. Yeah. Was there anything you can think of that uh, you've had? For sure. I think I think it's inevitable. Like, if you're making things in the kitchen, it's bound to happen. Mm-hmm. There's bound to be a meal or two or three that don't quite turn out the way you want. Or maybe somebody else's taste buds doesn't like it either. Um so uh, lately I've been experimenting with soups. Um, mm-hmm. w- winter is long in Canada, <laughs> so the more soups, the better. But I've been trying to perfect like creamy soups. But because um, I have a dairy allergy, it's hard to um, figure out the cream consistency without actually using butter or heavy cream and that sort of thing. So I've become a little bit of a an expert in using coconut-based products and almond-based products. And recently, I made a vegetable soup, and I wanted to make it creamy. So I just (laughs) dumped in whatever I thought would make it creamy. And I definitely did not get the reaction I thought I would, (laughs) not even for myself. After I tried it, I was like, this is not as good as I anticipated (laughs) it to be. Um, It turned out quite watery. I didn't put enough potatoes. The the carrots were not cooked long enough. So although the liquid consistency was there, the carrots were still crunchy, (laughs) which is not supposed to happen in a soup. soup. Uh, So for sure, that was one of my recent ones, but I've got many. I could be here all day. (laughs) So that leads me, are you the type of cook? Because I'm the type where I I do follow recipes, but I tend to wing it a lot. And that's why I enjoy cooking more than baking. I Mm -hmm. do bake, but I, I do enjoy cooking more because of that. Mm-hmm. I can get a little more creative. I don't have to really be as structured mm-hmm. as baking. What do you call, what would you consider yourself? More of a um, structured cook think, where you follow recipes or Yeah, I think a little bit of both. Um I think it depends on time for me. <laughs> if I have to make something quickly on a Saturday morning because mm-hmm. I have to prepare for like a lunch or dinner, I'm going to go to recipe that I know will not fail me. Right. Um but if I have, you know, the weekend or evening to experiment and have some fun and just you know, use whatever ingredients I've got in the kitchen. I love that too. And actually, um, now that I think about it, I would say a lot of my recipes were were developed from that, like just on the whim, mm-hmm. seeing what's in my fridge, seeing what's in the cabinets, no time to go to the grocery store, got to use what you have. Um, and then they turned out well, uh, maybe the second or third time they turned out well, mm-hmm. but but they worked. So definitely a little bit of both. When you reintroduce yourself back into the kitchen, I mean, I know for myself when my eyesight deteriorated and I went from cooking one way to completely not wanting to cook because I thought there's no way I can do any of this. Was there anything, I mean, 
one of my inspirations to actually get back into the kitchen, I did use it for therapy, but I also remembered um, a chef, Christine Ha. I know. I you know, know her name. well, yeah. right? <laughs> so she won, I think it was Top Chef. I think so. I can't Master remember. Chef. Master <laughs> Chef. Thank you. Oh, my God. I watched that episode. Clearly, that I haven't season finished. religiously. Yeah. Clearly, I haven't finished my coffee yet. Um, and she she actually helped me realize that I can do this. And slowly, I got back into it, and I just started chopping a little slower. I just did things slightly different. Were there any things that, anything that you could remember that when you were going back into the kitchen after your, your vision pro, your de- deteriorated, that you did, you know, or something that helped you get back in there or that inspired you to get back in? Mm-hmm. Um, there are several things. I think Christine was one of them for sure. I think that season aired about three or four years after my vision loss. Mm-hmm. So that was encouraging me, like encouraging for me to see at that point. But I had already gotten to that comfort level by the time I had watched that season. Mm-hmm. I was just really proud to see her on there doing so well mm-hmm. and that um, she was inspiring so many other people to do the same. Um, but prior to that, I think the support that I received from my family, from my loved ones, um, my community was just phenomenal. Mm-hmm. They understood that I was going through something challenging. For me, my vision loss was overnight, which posed its own challenges right. <laughs> um, and stresses for sure. So I went from having 2020 vision or better than 2020 actually to within 24 hours being legally blind. Uh, so not only was I physically trying to adjust, I was mentally trying mm-hmm. to adjust. I wasn't prepared. And my family knew that that was a struggle that I was going through. And if being in the kitchen and making tasty food was something that was going to make me happy, they were going to do anything they could to encourage me. Um, to support that. To support that as well. Even just through language, through um, positive comments that they would make, they'd see me struggle, they'd see me cook cooking uh, and and being frustrated. And I remember distinctly my mom coming up to me saying, what's the worst that could happen? You know, like, mm-hmm. what's the worst that could happen? Just keep going. Like, who cares if it doesn't taste good? We're all going to eat it anyway. That's exactly <laughs> it. That's key. And that's what yeah. I kept on repeating to myself was, what's the worst that could happen? I can always fix it. Yeah. I can always move on from it. Yeah. Yeah. Excellent. That really helped for sure. Is there a funny moment that you can remember that's happened to you in the kitchen or the funniest thing that's ever happened while you've been cooking, um, during a meal, anything? Can you think of anything? I mean, I thought about this question myself. <laughs> And I know there's been many, but I, can, I couldn't really narrow it down to one thing mm-hmm. other than, and I think I mentioned this before in a different uh, segment, was that I actually accidentally went to go make turkey soup. <laughs> and somehow, somewhere, couldn't even blame it on my eyes, the scissors that I was cutting up the, uh, the carcass with went into the pot and I cooked the entire thing wow. for hours. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So um, anything you can think of that... Um, these little things happen often, whether I mix the salt and the sugar or the baking powder and Mm -hmm. the baking soda or the lemon juice and the who knows what, like I mix things up all the time. My husband's used to tasting things with new flavors in Mm -hmm. them. Um, a kitchen occurrence. I think I always come back to this, this one because it, it helped me build a memory and I could, and it was quite early on in my stage of vision loss. Mm -hmm. 
um, I had purchased uh, one of those KitchenAid blenders, <laughs> mixers, sorry, KitchenAid mixer. And um, it was a big investment for me at the time. And I thought I was going to use it like every day and it was going to be this magnificent, magnificent thing. And I was going to learn how to do this and like use all the tools and everything. And um, my mom and I were were set to make a traditional sweet bread because um, my background's Greek and we celebrate Easter on a high level <laughs> um, with a lot of food and a lot of sweet bread. So my mom had come over. I had convinced her that we were going to use this kitchen aid mixer, although, you know, she was always telling me it's better to make, do, make bread with hand. Mm-hmm. But long story short, we started making it. And because at the time I had n- never used the ki- the mixer before and my mom had never used a mixer before, we just started dumping in the ingredients. Mm-hmm. And when it came time to dump in the flour, our the whole kitchen just lit up with flour. Flour was everywhere because we had the bread hook on high mm-hmm. and the ingredients that were currently in were <laughs> eggs and liquid. So when the two combined, it just poof, there was flour everywhere. <laughs> and I could just remember us like I was literally covered from head to toe in flour. The kitchen was covered. And I thought at the time I was like waiting for my mom's reaction. I was like, OK, it's going to go one of two ways. She's either going to be like, I told you so. Or she's going to, like, laugh her head off. And, of course, we both just laughed our heads off and were cleaning probably longer than it took us to actually make the bread <laughs> itself. So did that KitchenAid stand mixer ever make an appearance again? It got tucked away in a cabinet very in the far back. Um, I probably only pulled it out a few times after that, but I've been hesitant ever since. <laughs> <laughs> That's a crash course and what not to do with the KitchenAid stand mixer. Exactly. So I always like to actually have a few um, little tips for the kitchen and I like sharing them with people and I like hearing about theirs because then it just to kind of gets me more familiarized with things that I should be doing in the kitchen that will help me along. Um, so when it comes to tips and tricks in the kitchen, is there anything that you use or you do to help you have a – more seamless cooking experience, I like to say. So some people, I like to use the frying pan example all the time because some people, rather than using a frying pan, they like to use a pan that's slightly higher on the edges. So even, not exactly a stock pot, but that one in between. Um, So this way, it'll catch any splatter that happens and you're still frying in it, but it'll just catch everything for you. Anything you do that um, chopping, uh, pouring, spices, Yeah. So I find that when it comes to tips, tips that somebody who's visually impaired may use may differ than the average Joe's kitchen tips. So I I have a few neat little tips that I've kept up my sleeve (laughs) that help me in the kitchen being visually impaired. Mm -hmm. One of the first things I learned is safety is so important. Like, Safety trumps everything. Oh, so I have, I actually have a clear pair of construction glasses, <laughs> you know, the ones like drywallers use yeah. or painters use. And if I'm frying anything, if I know there's going to be oil splatters because I'm nearsighted, mm-hmm. I have a ten- tendency to get closer to items than I actually think I'm, I, I am. Mm-hmm. So if I feel like I'm a foot away, I'm actually maybe like eight inches away. Okay. And to that, that makes me nervous. Knowing that I do that makes me nervous. So I use those clear 
plastic construction glasses. I love that idea. Yeah, when I'm when I'm frying anything or when I'm sautéing or anything on high temperature that has oil or waters that Likely might splatter. To splatter. Yeah, because there's no way I I want any of that approach like yeah. coming into my eyes. <laughs> um, so for sure, that's one of the um, safety tips that I, that I use and I recommend for people that are that are nervous. Um, that took took the nerves away for sure when I started doing that. Another tip would be when it comes to cutting boards, there there's a few really great brands out there. I don't remember the names, but they have rubber underneath the board. KitchenAid so, has one. Okay, yeah, I got a wood one. I, do, I think it was from HomeSense or Winners or mm-hmm. something. And it's a wood block and it's got like rubber legs underneath. Mm-hmm. And it is the best thing ever. Um, that way when I'm chopping or, or mm-hmm. cutting things, the, th- the board's not slipping and sliding all over the place. And for me, that's another really good safety tip because if I'm if I'm cutting and the board's slipping and I don't see where I'm about to cut next because I'm very tactile, mm-hmm. there goes a finger. It's true. <laughs> we don't want that happening. That's why cutting board, stabilizing your cutting board is key. I mean, if you're a DIYer mm-hmm. and you like to do your own thing, what I've done um, is I've taken just a regular cutting board yeah, and I've got, I purchased, um, there's this shelf lining paper yeah, that it doesn't necessarily stick to your shelf, but it's almost like um, a rubber texture or something that you put underneath your rug, okay. that non-slip piece. Yeah. You can just cut it the size of the cutting board, glue it onto the back. Yeah. And it'll stick to you. It'll. That's amazing. Yeah, it I love move that off tip. Your, uh, I'm gonna go. I'm gonna do that county. this yeah. weekend. <laughs> Michaels, you're making a trip to Michaels. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> or Amazon. Even even more stuff on Amazon too these days. I can't believe it. They've got so much kitchen stuff. Um, I, oh, and another another tip that mm-hmm. I use as well is um, if I'm boiling or or making anything in a pot, I go a size up. Um, because there's a tendency if something's boiling too long or on, or especially with pasta, I find, mm-hmm. you know, it could just overflow. So I always go a size up and um, that ensures that if it's going to be boiling on high for a long period mm-hmm. of time, it's not going to spill and then get onto, get onto the stove. Um, and yeah, so that's another tip that I would probably recommend as well. Again, for us folk who are visually impaired, bump dots, I'm not sure if anybody's heard of those, mm-hmm. but bump dots save me in the kitchen all the time. I've put bump to- dots on my stove. Um, actually, my we, we purchased a stove about two years ago, and it had built in, I had never seen this before, but it had like built in grooves mm-hmm. around the, the temperature gauges. Mm-hmm. And I was sold. I was like, all right, yeah, we're yeah. buying this. Um, but the old one, the old one that we had had bump dots all over the place because I wanted to make sure where high was, medium high. Um, so low. for someone who doesn't know what a bump dot is. Yeah. Can you explain just a little bit about it? Definitely. So bump dots are like little stickers um, that that can peel off and they feel they're circular. And when you when you graze your hand over it, you could feel that there's like a little circle dot there. They're extremely tiny. They're maybe the size of like a tiny little stud earring or something Mm -hmm. like that. And you can place as many as you want anywhere you want. And they stick for quite a while. As long as you don't fidget with them, they could stick on whatever you put them on for like a year or so. 
Um, and I would use them to determine temperatures. So, for example, if it was high, I'd mm -hmm. put one bump dot. If it was low, I'd put three. And if it was uh, medium, I'd put two. So then I kind of knew where I was in the temperature gauge. Mm -hmm. So that can be, you can purchase them anywhere. Yeah, CNIB has a great selection as well because they have them in different sizes. Yes. So depending on where you're using them, you could buy like a, a small bump dot set or a medium or large or extra large. So I find the small, small ones help me, but, mm -hmm. but it's great to have that option. It is, I like that tip. How about when you're cutting? Do you tend to use um, more of uh, a chef's knife or a paring knife? What are you more comfortable with when you're chopping? Um, at home, I have a, ch uh, a knife chopping block set. Mm -hmm. So it comes with, I believe, six or seven different knives. And when I first purchased this, I was really intimidated. I was like, um, which, which knife should I use first? <laughs> How do I use it? And it's funny because I actually went on YouTube and I started Googling Gordon Ramsay <laughs> <laughs> knife, knife uh, tips and tricks because at that point I really didn't know how to use any of these knives. Mm -hmm. I wasn't an expert. I'm just like a home-taught home cook. Mm -hmm. So I figured how do I do this without having to spend so, many, so much money on workshops? And how do I do this in a way that it's going to be safe for me knowing that I have vision loss? So I watched a few YouTube videos. I actually got my husband to stay with me in the kitchen the first time I was using the set and like teaching myself to use it to ensure that I was holding the knives properly because mm -hmm. a lot of the bigger knives, I have super tiny hands and a lot of the bigger knives were really hard for me to hold and teach myself how to hold. Mm -hmm. So him being there or even anybody being there reassured me the first time around I wasn't going to totally mess things up. Um, and then after a few times, I kind of just got the hang of it. But the best tip I would say is just take your time. If you rush mm -hmm. chopping whatever you're going to chop, you're, you're bound to hurt yourself. So take your time. Be patient. Feel the grooves. Mm -hmm. Does it feel good in your hand? Is the knife too heavy, too light? Like it should feel good while you're holding it. Mm -hmm. And be patient, especially the first time using a new knife. It's, it's always the scariest. So just take your time, feel for the grooves, and use a knife that's appropriate for what you're going to do. So there's bread knives, there's chopping knives. I can't e express how, how helpful it is to invest in knives that support what you're going to be making. Mm -hmm. it, makes, it makes a world of a difference, um, cutting bread with a bread knife. Right. And sharp knives. Definitely yeah. <laughs> sharp knives. Um, one last tip I wanted to, to find out. Do you have anything or any type of technique that you use when you're checking to, to see if, let's say, your roasted vegetables are done, are ready? Um, what, what tips do you have or what do you use in order to determine when your food is ready to be uh, either taken off the stove, out of the oven, ready to eat? Yeah, that's one of the trickiest things. And... It's one of the most common things I'm asked, too. Even just by family and friends when they come over, they're like, Faye, how did, how did you know when this was going to be ready? Mm -hmm. um, and the trick is, the more often you make something, the more you'll learn on, like, how long it'll take. So, for example, the first time I made um, a roasted, like, veggie casserole, mm -hmm. I took it out after, like, 25 minutes and nothing was cooked. <laughs> so timing. I, yeah, I, you know, taste tested it. It's a little bit more nerve-wracking with meat. You might want to Google, like, weight versus um, time and temperature. I mm -hmm. find that Google really helps when it comes to that. 
But with veggies and that sort of stuff, you know, I just poke at it, try it. If it's not ready yet, I put Mm -hmm. it back in. But it's a lot of trial and error. Um, Even for people without vision loss, it's trial and error for them, too. Like some things you can't see visually. It's it's all about the taste factor. It's true. But a lot of recipes do say, you know, cook this until browned. Yeah. Um, For us, or at least what I've noticed is that you either have to have the exact timing on it down to a down to a T or by smell. Especially when it comes to baking. I find that. Um, I was actually making a chocolate chip banana loaf the other day, and the recipe said 40 minutes, so I took it out, and it was completely raw. And it had also mentioned until, or until golden, Mm -hmm. but obviously it's hard for me to see golden. Exactly. So I took it out at the 40 minutes, and my oven might be different than the person that developed the recipe. So I... I'm not sure if I would recommend this, but after I let it cool down for about five, 10 minutes, I actually tap it. I tap it with my fingernail yep. <laughs> to see if there, a crust has formed. Because a lot of times in baking, um, there's a, a layer that forms when the bread or cake or muffin, whatever you're making, rises. Mm-hmm. And there's a distinct sound and and texture that you can always look for to see if it's ready. The sound, is it more like a hollow or is it... Um more like a tapping, like it if really you're tapping depends. a nail on the counter. Yeah, it depends on what you're making. I would say for a nice fluffy cake, it's mm-hmm. a little bit hollow mm-hmm. sounding. If you're making um, a more of like a dense muffin or a dense cake, uh, it would be a little bit more solid. So you feel things out and um, and use your senses. That That's the number one tip I would use. Uh, I would recommend just use your senses. Excellent. All of them. Yeah. <laughs> Excellent. All right, Faye, now we're going to play a couple of games. First one is going to, is called This or That. How it works, um, I'll read two words, and then you can choose which of the two items, which one of the two items you prefer. Okay. Okay, yeah. ready? Okay. Toast or eggs? Toast. Cake or pie? Cake. What's worse, laundry or dishes? Oh, goodness. Dishes. <laughs> Pancake or waffle? That's a really hard one because I'm, to- I'm, a- I'm a breakfast fiend. Uh, pancakes. <laughs> yes. <laughs> I would definitely choose that as well. Fruits or vegetables? Fruits. Frozen yogurt or ice cream? Um, dairy-free ice cream. <laughs> <laughs> Coffee or tea? Tea. Super sandwich? Soup. Out for dinner, or do you prefer delivery? Eating in. Um, Saturday night, out for dinner, Friday night, eating in. (laughs) (laughs) Okay, so both for fake. (laughs) Mashed potatoes or baked potatoes? Baked potatoes. Blue cheese or ranch dip? Uh, Ranch dip. Yes, Yeah. Yeah. We are on the same page. (laughs) Jamie Oliver or Bobby Flay? Jamie Oliver. Yeah. <laughs> Loving this. I love them both. It's hard for me to I choose. I know. It's so hard. Uh, sweet or salty? Sweet. Wine or beer? Neither. I don't drink alcohol. <laughs> good. That's good. <laughs> My hero. Uh, bacon or sausage? Turkey bacon, probably. Okay. Yeah. Perfect. Baking or cooking? That's a really tough one. I, I don't think I could choose that Um <laughs> I I don't know. You love baking, both equally. Baking. Baking. Okay. When 
you wash your dishes, do you put soap on the sponge or do you soak your dishes in soapy water? Soap on the sponge, soap all over the dishes, <laughs> and then the water comes. Iron Chef or Chopped? Iron Chef. Parsley or cilantro? Parsley. No, this one's Italian a, parsley. Italian parsley. Yeah. Okay, so this next one's a tough one. Okay. So let, let, hear this one through. When you open a banana, when you peel a banana, yeah. do you open it from the top where the stem is or the bottom? I open it from the top, but I've heard so many tips on opening it from the bottom. So I feel like I should start doing that, but I do yeah, open no, it from the top. Yeah, no, we hear several discussions on this. <laughs> it's a split. Uh, do you eat, no, snack or no snacks? Ten snacks a day. <laughs> so snacks it is. I'm like a snack monster. If anybody follows me on Instagram, that's all I do is snacks. sharing my snacks. <laughs> yeah. All right. The next game is rapid fire. Nice. I'm going to begin by asking you a series of questions. Okay. And you can just answer each one as quickly as possible. Okay. All right. First question. What is your favorite food? Berries. Do you like spicy food? Yes. What's the spiciest thing you've ever eaten? Um, I think it was like a curry entree from a restaurant, but they had put way too much chili in it and I felt like my chest was on fire after I ate it. And it's not like you can have milk to tamper that. No, you can't. I was asking for <laughs> breadsticks, pita bread, whatever they had. <laughs> what foods do you absolutely hate? Mushrooms. What food do you know uh, you shouldn't eat, but you you do? You sneak that in. I don't even know. <laughs> um, I shouldn't eat. Okay, so once in a while, so I have a dairy allergy, um, like I had mentioned before, mm -hmm. but once in a while I crave a croissant. I really do, and I know they're made with lots and lots of butter, but I'll sneak it in once in a while. <laughs> it, it'll, I deal with the aftermath later. Because they're so good. They're so good. Just the texture, the fluffiness. Oh, my gosh. And then that crispy outside. Oh, i got to go get myself yeah. a croissant now. <laughs> that one for me, too. <laughs> what's your favorite meal to make? I, I just love a hearty vegetable soup. What's your favorite ingredient to cook with? I love using vanilla. What's your favorite kitchen gadget? I love a good saucepan. Uh, what's your favorite meal of the day? Breakfast. And why? All the fruit. <laughs> I'm a fruit <laughs> addict. Again, if anybody follows me on social media, I would say that a good 75% of my image, like pictures are mm -hmm. fruit related. I just absolutely love fruit. And I find that fruit is really refreshing and hydrating to have in the morning. Mm -hmm. So I, I would definitely have to say breakfast. Now, I almost don't want to ask fruit. this question because I've seen your Instagram account. <laughs> but what's your favorite junk food? Junk food, I would have to say is like chicken wings. We oh, went yes. out, yeah, we went out for a recent Maple Leafs hockey game um, last week. And everybody was ordering chicken wings around me. And I hadn't had chicken wings in a while. And, and I just, yeah, I went to town. And yeah. I got, like, every sauce you could think of, honey, garlic, yeah. um, barbecue, mild, spicy, you name it. I was trying them all. And then at the end of it, I, I ordered my own as well. <laughs> um, but it was, yeah, I would have to yeah, say that's chicken me. wings. I'm yeah. the one where, oh, just I can only have a few, honestly. <laughs> and then five minutes in, I've got my own order. Yeah. I'm eating my husband's. It's, all, it's, a, it's a bad scene. 
Oh, and French fries. Yeah, that's another one, too. You just reminded me when you're trying your husband's. My, <laughs> my hubby will always order French fries, and he'll be like, do you want to order as well? No, it's okay. I'll just have one of yours. <laughs> half an hour later, he's like, thanks, Faye. You've, like, eaten half my fries. <laughs> All right, and the last game we're going to play is true or false. All right, I'm going to read a couple of statements, and then you tell me if you think it's true or false. Okay. First one. Green olives are just unripened black olives. True. Yes. Ding, ding, ding. You got that. That's the Greek. <laughs> that's my that's my correct answer sound. <laughs> the color of an olive is related to how ripe it was when picked. True. Okay. Next question. Dog food gets tested by humans. False. True. There is actually a job for dog food testing. That's amazing. I might have to look into that. No, I'm just kidding. (laughs) (laughs) Well, that ensures that our, our, all the, you know, doggies in the world are getting good quality food. True. I didn't, I didn't look at it that way. Mm -hmm. I just went right to the, the, it's so wrong. (laughs) (laughs) So next question. Potatoes are 80% water. True. Yes. Yeah. Only about 20% of a potato is solid. Wow. 20%. You are killing this. Wow. Okay, next question. Apples float because their skin is highly water repellent. True. False. Okay. It's false. Apples float because 25% of their volume is air. Yeah, that makes sense. For mm-hmm. sure. Yeah. Um, baking soda will last forever. Yes. Correct. Yeah. When stored in a cool, dry place, it can last for decades. Yeah. Mine's always in the fridge from the time I open it. It goes right into the fridge. Not that I'm going to have it around for very long because I (laughs) cook way too much or bake way too much, but it keeps it nice and fresh. Excellent. That's all we have for our games. Thank you again. Thank you. This has been so much fun. Yeah, this was wonderful. We have to do this again. Definitely. Thank you. Thanks for having me. If people want to reach you, get in contact with you, follow you along on uh, social media, where can they find you? Definitely. So my blog is www.wellnessfirst.net. Um, so wellness first is with uh, one and then the st.net. And then on Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, you can find me at wellnessfirst underscore net. Excellent. Thanks again, Faye. Thanks. Thank you for listening to the Kitchen Confession podcast. For recipes and foodie finds, head over to kitchenconfession.com. I also want to thank our producer, Wilson Lynn, and remind you to join us next week for more guest kitchen confessions. See you at the next episode.